0: So as a lot of you guys probably know, um, we just got back from Tennessee recently, which is a long trip down 75, and uh, when we crossed over the border, not too long after we crossed over the border to Tennessee, it began to rain, and it was one of those really heavy rains, kind of like when you're going into Florida, except it was kind of like in a higher altitude, so there was fog as well. And uh, so everybody was driving with their four-way flashers on and, you know, trying to drive very carefully. And even at one point, Sarah said to me, can you even see what you're doing? I said, no, I'm I'm driving by faith, not by sight. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, we came to a quick stop, and it was obvious right away that there was an accident. But... I will finish that story later. This got me thinking about the Bible verse that talks about shipwrecked faith. The emotions that I experienced that day reminds me of how serious it is to shipwreck the faith. Often, you will hear someone who denounces Christianity. Do we realize how serious that is? Before I get started, Let's pray. Father in heaven, I, I thank you. I thank you for your congregation and all the people who come here searching for you to teach them and speak words to you, to worship with each other. I just pray as we learn together, that we fill us our hearts up with your words, that if I say anything that doesn't go along with that, that you would just take it right out of their minds. I pray that we learn in unity, uh, valuing everything that you teach us, in Jesus name i pray amen so i want to start with our main verse which is found in 1st Timothy 18 through 20 and when you find it please stand for the reading of God's word Timothy my son I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well, holding on to the faith and good conscience which some have rejected and have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. You may be seated. I would like to take the time to teach how faith can be shipwrecked and how it is different, I believe, than abandoning the faith. I think some of the background of this letter would help us gain understanding as we go through this verse. This was a letter from Paul to Timothy. Paul put Timothy in charge of a church with a mission to guard and correct teaching. Paul's attitude in this letter is someone who has great concern. He is worried about Timothy and him continuing in the faith. And he also is worried about the church continuing in the faith. Timothy was someone who Paul trusted more than other people. And we can find this in 2nd Philipp- or Philippians 2, 19 through 21. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. As you can see here, Timothy stands out above all the people that helps Paul even with that all being said, Paul is still concerned about Timothy keeping the faith. It is easy to get confused about what Paul is talking about if we don't understand what faith is. Um, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time to go over or define faith. Um, so I'm not going to give you a complete definition, but I will give you, I would define it enough for this discussion. So recently, I did a sermon on belief according to the Gospel of John. And there were three main things that John points out for us to believe. I will review them quickly. One is believe in Jesus' name and authority. That he's the everlasting king and the only begotten son predicted in the Old Testament. Number two, believe Jesus is the prophet from Deuteronomy 18 And believe in the words and instructions of Jesus. And number three, believe in the death and resurrection. John doesn't talk about this much, but Paul talks about this a ton. That sermon should be on the website, so feel free to review it or listen to it if you were not there that day. So now that we have that covered, let's see what Paul says about abandoning the faith. Right at the beginning of the letter to Timothy, we see Paul address people abandoning the faith. This is found in 1 Timothy 1, 3-7. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about. Or what they so confidently affirm. Two things to note here regarding faith faith advances God's work. And then also, love comes from a sincere faith. So, what does that mean? Well, in relationship with this letter that Paul wrote, Paul is talking about faith and false doctrine in the way of God's love and it gets in the way of God's work. If we believe what Jesus told us to do, we should do it. But if we spend time believing these false teachers, it can cause us to depart from sound doctrine. And if we depart from sound doctrine, how can we believe what Jesus told us to do? The last line says they want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about. I see this all the time in Christian books or TV and YouTube pastors who talk about things they have not studied or meditated on in the Bible. I was talking to someone the other day and they told me, I need to read King James only. They were very confident about this. But when I asked them why, they didn't have a response. I hate to break it to that gentleman, but the 12 disciples didn't use the King James Bible. It was about 1,600 years later that that translation was available. Now, I have read the King James Bible, and I've got a new King James Bible that I've had as a teenager, and I have nothing against that translation. But those are one of those pointless things to argue about. These arguments get in the way of God's work, which is done by faith. So in the letter to Timothy, Paul really concentrates on the aspect of faith in which you follow the commands of Jesus. Some of the reason is because he is talking to Timothy, who is in charge of keeping people from teaching things that are false. This is another verse that kind of reiterates what Paul is warning, and this is found in 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 6. Spirit clearly says in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point these things out, brothers and sisters, you will be good ministers of Christ Jesus, nursed on the truths of the faith and good teaching that you will have followed. We have to be careful about deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. It's a minister's a minister's job to point false teachings out. That's why you have heard Derek and I talk about Christian radio and mainstream media. Not everyone is a false teacher. There are just so many out there that either sprinkle lies in with the truth or teach a flat-out lie. Just as it has been since the beginning of Christianity, there have been people and invisible forces trying to get us to abandon the faith. Especially in the Christian music industry, often those who write songs with things against God's word. So why does this happen? Well, one of the reasons is in the music industry, you don't have to study to be approved you just have to sound good every christian is to be studying if we believe in jesus i don't think most christian artists who spread false teaching teachings sorry that's my countryside teachings realize it they just haven't studied or meditated long enough to figure out the truth one thing we should remember as we read this verse is that faith and following go together As it says, you abandon the faith to follow other teachings. And since these are deceiving spirits, it's not obvious all the time that you are even following them. That's why they call it deceived. Things that people say on TV and ideas that come from music, whether they claim to be Christian or not, can lead us astray. For instance, even something as simple as a commercial may get us to depart from teachings of Jesus and we pursue being rich, or spending all of our time and money building a dream house or getting a dream car, or we spend all of our thoughts and energy chasing a career or a hobby or being famous. Disney is one of those people that spreads the secular gospel that if you even, if you just believe you'll become a rock star or whatever your big dream is. And I'm not saying that you can't do any of that. But if Jesus and God get the leftovers, we are not following the faith. Or if that isn't your calling, we aren't following the faith. We have to take time to grow as Christians. One further verse in the letter to Timothy that illustrates this faith that follows God's teaching is found In 1 Timothy 5.8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. As you can see, the way we live is how we believe. You don't have to confess that Jesus isn't the Lord to deny the faith. You can just simply stop following his instructions. Remember, Jesus is the good shepherd, and the things he tells us to do leads us into life. But if we don't listen to his voice and follow him, we are in danger. In the letter to Timothy, that is the main theme. But I don't think that still fully explains shipwrecking the faith. So what is shipwrecking the faith? There are two people Paul mentions when he describes this. Paul said in our main verse, 1 Timothy 1 19 and 20, holding on to the faith in a good conscience, which some have rejected and have suffered shipwreck with regards to the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, who I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Let me get another drink of water to say these big long names. Uh, I can see why nobody named their baby Hymenaeus. Uh, let's look at Hymenaeus because I think this will help us with what it means to be shipwrecked. Or to shipwreck the faith. First thing, Paul said Hymenaeus committed blasphemy. And then second, we find more about Hymenaeus in 2 Timothy two sixteen through 18 Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. So we see that Hymenaeus tried to teach people. We don't know if he considered himself to be a teacher or if he just liked to run his mouth. So Hymenaeus didn't just depart from his faith, he took others down with him. And I believe in context, Paul uses shipwreck to describe someone who pulls others down in the water with him. He uses the word "shipwreck" because this indicates more things being damaged or destroyed whether that is cargo or passengers. From the context of this letter to Timothy, he had to remove Hymenaeus because he didn't want to have any other casualties. We have to be aware of having an audience. You could be talking to one person or you could be talking to the thousands. Now, it is so much easier to shipwreck people Thanks to social media, you can have an audience while you're still in your pajamas. We really need to be careful about what we say. Jesus gives us this sobering warning found in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. But I tell you that everyone, that's everyone, I'm a part of everyone, you're a part of everyone, will have to give an account on the day of judgment, For every empty word they have spoken. By your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. Since I know I could be judged by what I say, I want to avoid this. For me, the stakes are high because I'm a teacher. On one hand, it is rewarding to see people learn and grow, but on the other hand, it's very scary as I I prepare my sermons. I often send text out to people uh, bugging them to pray for me each and every week, because I am fearful every time I give a message. My hope is that we all have a healthy amount of fear when it comes to talking to people or typing regarding spiritual matters. Since this is serious, we need to know how to deal with shipwreck. So, let's talk about how to deal or ways to deal with shipwreck. Number one, avoid shipwreck. And this is found in 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 17. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. So, what is godless chatter? The key word in this verse is teaching. So, I don't want you to miss that. So if I come up to you and ask you how the weather is, don't point your finger at me and say, ooh, godless chatter. Like I'm some kind of sinner or something. This is in regard to somebody teaching or things of spiritual matters. Be cautious about things that label themselves as Christians, like shows and books and sermons. Those things can take people off course. So what do we say these days? I'm sure you guys have heard this. I'm going to call them out. I'm going to call them out on that teaching. Well, no. We're supposed to correct people gently. Remember, everyone makes mistakes, and we should keep that in mind. Paul says these teachings spread like gangrene. Have you looked at the churches in America do they look like the original church in Acts? It's because the teaching and the faith aren't the same. Avoiding godless chatter is two parts. Avoid speaking godless chatter and avoid listening to it. So how to deal with shipwreck. Number two, train for shipwreck. And this is found in 1 Timothy 4, 7-10. And 15 and 16. Have nothing to do with godless myths in old wives tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promises, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is a Savior of all people, and especially to those who believe. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve preserve them. You will save both yourself and your hearers. Do we labor and strive? Paul says we labor and strive because we have hope in Jesus. Do you want to have hope in Jesus? Keep investing in him. Paul said train yourself to be godly like a person who trains for a sport. Except godly training brings godly riches, more valuable than any other riches. Now, Timothy is supposed to be training because he is a leader. But no matter what your position is in the body of Christ, we should always be training. That way, if your spouse leaves you, or someone dies, or anything to test your faith, You will be trained to endure it or help somebody who is going through trouble themselves. As Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain comes down, the streams rose, and the winds blew. And beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain comes down, the stream rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Do you want to avoid shipwreck? Build your faith on the rock. We value the words of Jesus by learning them and putting them into practice. That way, when the storms of life try to knock us down, it can't because we built our lives on the rock. While we are still on the subject of training, let me explain the wreck that occurred in Tennessee. So who are first responders? Anyone know? It's not a rhetorical question you can answer. Yeah, police, fire, department. Um, Those are the people that are trained to save lives by immediately aiding the injured and getting them to the hospital as fast as they can, kind of like we just heard a minute ago. In a car accident, who usually responds first? Well, in in my experience, it's always been the people around them usually get there first. You guys probably don't want your kids to ride with me after saying that but I haven't really got into that many accidents. I've just drove a lot for a living, okay? Uh, I I have gotten into my fair few, but anyway, that's... uh. So, after the wreck in Tennessee, I jumped out knowing that I wasn't a doctor. I didn't know how I could help or if something really bad happened. I just knew I couldn't stay in that seat knowing that someone could die. And when I got out, I saw an older SUV with the back windshield shattered. There was a guy who I think drove a semi because there was a semi there and he had the headset on, kind of like when I got here, you know how they always got the headsets on. And he was trying to open the driver door, and it was stuck. So I went to the passenger door, and I was able to get it open. It was an older couple, and I thank God that they were all right. The lady was a little banged up. And her husband was all right, but he didn't want to leave the truck because his guns were in there. And he was taking the guns to a gun show. So in the church, we need people to respond during faith crises. I don't remember why, but the lady couldn't stay in the car, and it was raining really hard. So a police officer arrived on the scene, and I helped her walk 15 feet so she could sit in the cruiser. The officer, he had to attend to other people. This was like, I don't know, six cars in the accident. And not all of us are called to be doctors of the faith like Timothy and Paul. Paul is the physician who got his training from the great physician Jesus. Some of us are called to be first responders to people or to get people to the doctors or to apply for say, You might not be able to or ready to tackle once saved, always saved, or why do bad things happen to good people, or whatever difficult thing it is for you to explain. But you can try to get them to somebody who can. Just don't try to go beyond your training, because you can do more damage than help. In closing, let's avoid speaking godless chatter and let's avoid listening to godless chatter. Let's train ourselves in righteousness so we can help people who have been shipwrecked in the faith. Let's not go any farther than our God given abilities. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you. I thank you for your wisdom and your power. I just pray that you empower your people with abilities as they go throughout life, to deal with whatever causes people to either abandon faith, to avoid faith, or shipwreck faith. I pray that you use us to whatever capacity you want us to do, whether that would be getting people there, just suggesting things for them to read, or being a teacher. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So before we conclude the service, I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Then at the end of the service, the worship team will come up and play one last song. As they're playing, you will have an opportunity to pray on your own or with one of us here up on the stage. And as it says in James, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that they may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective.